This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Wednesday, and we can all mark ourselves safe from the red wave that never materialized. Evening. Good evening. I am back well rested after this. <laughs> Curiouser brought some breakfast to me at about 8.45, and when she walked in, she started dying laughing and said, you look incredibly sleepy. Apparently my eyes were like welded shut already. <laughs> we, we, we did it. We 69 the election. We went from 6 p.m. Eastern until 9 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday morning, this morning. Still got my days mixed up. However, had to take a little break in, in the middle because the internet didn't cooperate with us. Amazed my voice. Is, like, this is like the first time I'm talking, I think, today. Maybe I talked to Curious or outside just a little bit ago. Possibly. Like, this is my first time talking. Like, oh, my voice sounds good. Cool. We didn't lose our voice from talking so much last night. Good evening. I hope everybody had... A fantastic election day. Thank you to everyone who joined me for election coverage. You had many options for your election coverage. You chose me. Despite the problems that we had. We had a lot of fun this morning when we got to C-SPAN and Washington Journal. Those calls were hilarious. I I can, I bailed at 9, p, or at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and... Went over here and ate my ham biscuit and my chetty rounds. I was I was still watching Washington Journal. I watched it for about another hour until I went to sleep. Laughing my ass off at the hilarious calls they were taking. Of course, the election was the big news last night. But you know, uh, things keep marching on. We gotta, we gotta do the news. But plenty of election news to cover. I got a super cut of right wingers predicting a red wave. Biden gave his thoughts on the election earlier today. We're gonna hear his thoughts on the red wave. Give you a little Fox News cope from last night. We're going to talk about how redistricting in New York quite possibly handed the GOP the House of Representatives if if they do indeed end up taking the House. Almost certainly going to be because, going to be because Blue State New York gave it to them. Update on the Senate race and the governor's race in Arizona. Oh, Elon. I wish we could get out of uh, talking about Elon one day, but apparently he didn't do uh, anything to police any misinformation that happened on Twitter last night regarding the election. We're going to get an update on the Oregon governor's race where it is still too close to call, or at least it was as of like an hour ago. Update on the Alaska Congressional race and Senate race, both still too close to call as of uh, putting the show together. As well as the LA mayor's race, still tight. Fox is going to explain to us how John Fetterman won in Pennsylvania. 
I assure you, I assure you is going to be very uh, insightful commentary on how John Fetterman was able to win in Pennsylvania. Lauren Boebert spoke about her race where she is yet to concede despite being down uh, what seems like an amount that can't be uh, overcome. We'll, we'll check in with that race. Meanwhile, the exact opposite happened with Marjorie Taylor Greene, a long-shot candidate, tried to take on Marjorie Taylor Greene and lost by 31 fucking points. Meanwhile, the Green Party is so popular here in the United States that they got trounced by a man who had been dead for weeks. Special election incoming in that race. We're going to hear from old Trumpy boy on the results of the midterm election. He's apparently not having a good one. Really wants to jail journalists, too. We're going to talk about how he wants to jail journalists. Apparently a blaming Melania Trump for his endorsement of Dr. Oz. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman had a defamation lawsuit against the Trump kids that has now been tossed. Just for funsies, we're going to hear from Candace Owens, who called Hitler's Mein Kampf a textbook. Daily Wire commentator Candace Owens called Mein Kampf a textbook. I'm not high enough for this shit. All that and more tonight. Troll Patrol Live. Thank you for being here. Sorry that YouTube and Facebook, and that's another thing, like, the countdown is not for my ego because, like, oh, my time's valuable. I want everybody to, like, wait on me to get here. But that countdown is, like, me sharing out shit on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, doing all the things that I need to do before the, the actual stream gets started. When I'm banned on Facebook and YouTube, there's not as much shit for me to do, unfortunately. <laughs> I share the show out on Parler, Getter... Uh, sometimes Telegram. I don't really know how Telegram works. Apparently, I was live for like a month, uh, a month in a row on Telegram. Greetings, Lenny. Good evening, my friend. People may be a little newsed out tonight. May not want to be here for uh, a newsy show. After getting 69 by the election last night, I don't blame you one bit. You guys need to take a break. I totally understand it. You live in sexual anarchy? We, we've done gangbuster numbers over the last month. If there's only one person watching me tonight, fair enough. You've had, you've had enough election coverage. I understand. I probably am not going to go four hours tonight, but you never know. Not high enough for this shit. Not high enough to do this at all.
Lenny, didn't you bob in? Didn't you bob in early in the morning? Maybe you didn't, because uh, we, we came back on at like 3 o'clock. Went to 9 a.m. I thought you stopped by and said, hey. But holy shit. We, we train kept a rolling last night. Kept on doing election coverage. I think I had the the best way to watch election coverage, so it's a shame that the internet didn't cooperate with me. I had multiple screens up, flipping back and forth between um, Washington Post and PBS coverage. We were getting candidates speaking. We were getting the, the news results as they came in. I had that awesome little graphic. I had that awesome little graphic up on the screen. You can see it right there. We can flip back to this anytime, by the way. Georgia Senate seat heading for a runoff. If if you guys need the rundown of what happened in the election, happy to do it once again. Uh, apparently, Catherine Cortez Masto, who was up most of the evening as results came in, and Nevada has lost that lead slightly. To uh, Adam Laxalt, Nevada, that could end up with the Senate being 50-50 yet again if uh, Laxalt was able to take that seat. A lot of people are pontificating that uh, Walker is going to have a hell of a lot harder of a time in Georgia when there's nobody else on the ballot pulling out people to vote for him. And when the national eyes are on it, there's going to be a, a hell of a lot of money dumped into Georgia. Mox, good evening. Justin Freakin with, I think, the the best predictions. If the Senate ends up 50-50, then I was wrong on the Senate. If the Democrats end up one seat up in the Senate, then I was pretty much spot on with my predictions. We're going to hear from Lauren Boebert here in just a second. Sudden Apollo, good evening. We're doing the the quick and dirty of what happened in the election last night. You can see the results down the bottom. Uh, NBC News now apparently projecting the Republicans to take the House by about a margin of four seats, and this is still give or take seven seats. So still an outside possibility that the Democrats will retain control of the House, but it looks like it's going to be a swing of... uh, about 10 seats for Republicans. Currently, the NBC News has it for a swing of nine seats. The, the Democrats hold the House by five seats currently. Republicans projected to pick up about four seats. We're still not going to know for a few days. And we're going to get you an update on the Alaska congressional race where Zara Palin is trailing just to go over a few more of the big results, uh, John Fetterman wins in Pennsylvania. J.D. Vance, unfortunately, defeats Tim Ryan in Ohio. Ted Budd going to the Senate, unfortunately, in North Carolina, defeating Sherry Beasley. People thought that Beasley might have an opportunity to uh, pick up that open Senate seat. Uh, Michigan. Michigan, Gretchen Whitmore uh, fends off a challenge from Tudor Dixon. Apparently takes control of the state house. There were four state 
uh, state-level governments that uh, Democrats took control of. Maggie Hassan won. A lot of political commentators were predicting that Bulldog was going to be able to unseat her. She cruised to victory. It looks like Mark Kelly is going to win in the Arizona Senate race and that Katie Hobbs is going to win the governorship, but there's some fuckery going on. There's some fuckery going on. Republicans have thought they stood a chance at picking up uh, the Senate seat in Colorado. Michael Bennett cruised to victory. As of right now, it looks like the Democrats are going to retain control of the Senate. By either the by either keeping the 50-50 split or by being up one seat. It could it could quite possibly swing to Republicans by one seat, but I just don't think that's likely. Just don't think that's likely. Ron Johnson won in Wisconsin. That's something that has happened since the last time I talked to you guys this morning. There, we, we thought that it was possible that Mandela Barnes was still going to be able to pull it out, that it might go to a recount. Being within a percentage point, Ron Johnson has been declared the winner. Much closer than anyone uh, expected it to be, though, I do believe. Iowa, Michael Franken not able to mount a challenge to Republican incumbent Chuck Grassley, who I believe is the oldest senator now. Or will be the oldest senator. RB, good evening. So, Justin Freakin looked like he had the most spot-on election predictions of pretty much anybody, including the commentators on uh, cable news. And I kept pointing that out as we were watching, like, uh, NBC News last night. We were watching uh, the panels on PBS. They kept saying shit right after I said it. Like, uh, I pointed out the midterm race uh, that uh, Bush... Expanded his uh, control of the House. Or Republicans expanded their control of the House in, in 2002. And then right after I said that, uh, somebody on NBC brought it up. Fucking Carl Rove was saying Republicans are going to win by 30, 40 seats. And I'm like, I just don't see how that's possible. If you guys saw me uh, that segment with Carl Rove... And you will know that I said I don't see how that's fucking. I looked at the I looked at the races. I don't even see how there's that many races in play. Boy, was I right! Now that has nothing to do with me being a smart person. I do want to point that out. It's not because I'm like fucking psychic or I have some kind of special abilities or that I have above average intelligence. It's I'm just good at evaluating claims. Just good at looking at all the evidence available and evaluating claims. Four seats absolutely is fewer than they should have gained over the gerrymandering alone, over the redistricting. So the red wave was a sputter. A complete sputter. But that's going to make it all that more fun for us who watched this first a super cut of different media personalities giving their predictions of a red wave once again Justin freaking never did that Justin freaking knew what was up
Fuck, I hate it. Like, I tried to find this on something but Instagram, and I fucking couldn't. You're gonna piss me off, aren't you, Instagram? The Vice News thing, they, they made a super cut of different media personalities. I think the red wave that's coming is gonna be like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. <laughs> A blood moon will rise. Massive red wave. Steven Crowder predicting red wave. Lauren Boebert, Lauren Boebert predicted a red wave and wasn't even able to hold on to her seat. And there wasn't a red wave. This is an absolute disaster. Oh, I've got that clip. <laughs> I've got that exact clip. Do you want to go ahead and watch it? That was Fox News from last night. That was a Bush speechwriter on with Fox News discussing the red wave. Here's your little, here's your little copium for the evening. She isn't, Lauren Boebert has not officially lost, but it looks like she's going to. Just think about this. Uh, we welcome back uh, Mark Thiessen and Hill Ford Jr. to the panel. Uh, we talked a lot about debates and when some candidates did debates and some didn't do them. Had the October 25th debate been September 30th, would this race Ooh. have changed? We're talking about Fetterman and Oz I think here. it might have or maybe it wouldn't have. I mean, I think there's a broader issue here. Which mm -hmm. is that, so think about this, we have the worst inflation in four decades, the worst collapse in real wages in 40 years, the worst crime wave since the 1990s, the worst border crisis in U.S. history. We have Joe Biden, who is the least popular president since Harry Truman, since presidential polling happened, and there wasn't a red wave. That is a searing indictment of the Republican Party. That is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters. They looked at all of that and said, and looked at the Republican alternative and said, no thanks. That is, that is a- Well, buddy, have you seen, have you seen the Republican alternative? As a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. Fuckers are kooks. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? It could be why. Could be why. They really, the Republican party needs to do a really deep introspection look in the mirror, right? They can't, sir. They have no ability to feel shame or embarrassment. They have zero self-awareness. Zero self-awareness. They wouldn't be Republicans if they did. So the what you were asking for is just impossible. Sending to the voters. They looked at all of that and said, and looked at the Republican alternative and said, no thanks. That is, that is a, the Republican party needs to do a really deep introspection look in the mirror right now, because this is, this is an absolute disaster for the Republican party and we need to turn back. We need to start, we need to look at who won today. Ron DeSantis, DeWine, uh, the, these, these governors, Kemp. Kemp, Abbott, Abbott, you know, look at these governors. This is the path mm. to the future. At electing these, 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 and, you know, these these radical candidates who who ran far behind them has put the Republican Party in a terrible position and voters have left and have, have indicted the Republican Party. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Won't you shut the fuck up? Put a sock in your mouth. That's something else you can put in your mouth, sir. 
You live in sexual anarchy. Well, that's another thing. This, like the right wing media. This is goes back to what I say all the time. They're just telling their audience what their audience wants to hear. And that gets some clicks. Their audience wants to hear, oh, the Republicans, they're going to massacre the Democrats. It's going to be a red wave. Their audience wanted to hear that. So in order to get the YouTube clicks, to get the Facebook shares, that's... That's what they. That's what when they were when uh, Tyson Tyson whatever the fuck his name is, he was saying that I'm like, what's the difference between Abbott, Kemp, DeSantis, and all the other nut jobs? I mean, you're looking you, like you're you're naming off Texas, Georgia, Florida. We're, we're talking about deep red states and one and. You guys may not be aware, maybe you are, that the Republican strategy was to to try to talk people into doing like a split ticket, especially in Pennsylvania. A lot of uh, anti-Trump Republicans had this whole like, you need to vote for Shapiro, but vote for Oz over here strategy. So, I mean, like the only difference between DeSantis, Kemp, Abbott... And any other Republicans, they just didn't lean into, like, election denialism. They didn't lean into, like, the QAnon conspiracy all the way. They just, you know, uh, Abbott and and uh, DeSantis especially, we heard him talk, we heard him say woke 20 times during his acceptance speech last night. Definitely leaned into, like, the blood libel side of the QAnon, just not the election denialism. They didn't wrap themselves in Trump's stink. That's the only difference between them and any other Republican. Let's hear from Joe Biden. He gave remarks earlier today about the red wave. I love saying it now. I love saying red wave. Mark safe today from the red wave. The states across the country uh, saw record voter turnout. And the heart and soul of our democracy, the voters, the poll workers, the election officials, uh, they uh, did their job uh, and they fulfilled their duty. And apparently without much uh, interference at all. He said duty. It looks like. And that's a testament, I think, to the American people. While I hear red we fizzle. All the results yet, at least. And like, uh, like what are those, like, uh, strawberry sodas? Not a Fanta. What's the other one? fucking shit I still don't know what woke means RB I woke woke means anything they don't like I don't know them all yet uh, here's what we do know while the press and- all, all I know about the the wokies is they can try Stop to cancel yours, us woke moralists we'll see who cancels who perfect freedom paka red die three is that what wokeism is? And the pundits are predicting a giant red wave. Uh, it didn't happen. And I know you were somewhat miffed by my uh, my uh, obsessive optimism, but uh, I felt good. Come on, man! The process. I thought we were going to do fine. While any seat lost is painful, 
Some good Democrats didn't win the last night. Democrats had a strong night. And we lost fewer seats in the House of Representatives than any Democratic president's first midterm election in the last 40 years. And we had the best midterm for governors since 1986. And another thing that we know is that voters uh, spoke clearly about their concerns, about raising costs, the rising costs that they're in, and the need to get inflation down. There's still a lot of people hurting. They're very concerned. And it's about crime and public safety. And they sent a clear and unmistakable message that they want to uh, preserve our democracy and protect the right to choose uh, in this country. And I especially want to thank the young people of this nation, who I'm told I haven't Them seen youngins. Uh, vote in historic numbers again, and uh, just as they did two years ago. And they voted to continue Kids are all right. the climate crisis, gun violence, their personal rights and freedoms, and the student debt relief. Damn right. That was President Joe Biden earlier today, his remarks on the fizzling out of the red wave from last night. Now, we still do not know control of the House. It does look like it's going to go to Republicans. There's an outside chance that Democrats could still win. Bring up the the map here. You can see the projection from NBC News. 222, that it's 218 to hold uh, the House. They are projecting that the Republicans will take the House by about four seats but there is a swing of plus or minus seven seats with their projection. Yeah, unfortunately, we're still serving the YouTube ban. I've tried. I've, I've tried. I keep contacting them. They don't like me. Sure, they get that all the time, though. There was nothing wrong with that video. It is, it is absurd. It is still possible that the House could be kept in the hands of Democrats. Is that the way I want to say that? I don't think so. I am tired, guys. Overlook me. We, we, we streamed for a while last night. If, if Republicans take control of the House, it's ironic that it could quite possibly be New York that gives them control of the House. The New York court's decision... To block Democrats' gerrymandering has handed the GOP a lifeline to retake the House. New York court's decision on congressional maps has given the GOP hope to retake the House. Hope to retake the House. We were talking about a red wave two days ago, and now like it's just, it's just a hope to retake the House. New York's highest court rejected an attempt by state Democrats to redraw the congressional maps months ago. In the blue state, Republicans saw significant wins in Tuesday's midterm elections. New York's highest court's decision to reject an attempt by state Democrats to gerrymander the state's congressional maps months ago has apparently handed the GOP a rare lifeline in the battle for the control of the House of Representatives. Much-anticipated red wave failed to materialize in Tuesday's midterm elections. I'm sorry you didn't get a notification. I, I'm... I'm... I'm worried that people turn notifications off when I was having the issue last night. I didn't know it was sending a notification every fucking time I, like, it, it disconnected and reconnected, which was, like, 30 times last night. Your goons is red wave. <laughs> Your meme of the day. 
But in Democratic stronghold New York, Republicans in the House saw significant wins thanks in part to the April ruling by the state's Court of Appeals that sided with Republicans. The court had struck down the new district lines, ruling that the congressional map was unconstitutional as it favored Democrats. As a result, judicial oversight is required to facilitate the expedious creation of constitutionally conforming maps for use in the 2022 election and to safeguard the constitutionally protected right of New Yorkers to a fair election. And for the millionth time... For the millionth time, we should have congressional maps drawn by an algorithm that are impartial. The criteria for drawing congressional districts is just a number of people of a certain size. I don't, there's there's a, 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 a mathematical equation for figuring it out. Just let a computer figure it out with no thought to any kind of political bias and we get like square districts where one city is inside of squarely inside of one district Republicans really wouldn't like that but it would make our system a hell of a lot more democratic and it's totally doable I don't hear anybody talking about it and so often when I bring up gerrymandering Republicans are like, well, Democrats do it too. Well, that's the perfect reason for you to agree with me and take partisanship completely out of it. Thank you, fuck you, bye. New York State Constitution bans partisan gerrymandering, unlike the GOP-led states where redistricting maps were upheld. State Democrats had insisted that they did not engage in partisan gerrymandering with the redrawing of the maps. In Tuesday's midterm elections, New York Republicans scored wins that could help Republicans secure control of the House. Democratic Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, the leader of the House Democrats' campaign arm, conceded his race in a shocking defeat in New York's 18th Congressional District to Republican Mike Lawler. Republican Rep. uh, Nicole Maliatakis easily defended her seat in New York's 11th Congressional District. Defeating Democrat Max Rose in New York's 1st Congressional District, Republican Nick Lolita, not not Lolita, defeated Democrat Bridget Fleming for a seat held by Republican Lee Zeldin, who lost the governor's race to Democrat Kathy Hochul. Republican Rep. Andrew Garbarino defended his seat against Democrat Jackie Gordon in New York's 2nd Congressional District and won re-election in New York's 4th Congressional District. The race was leaning towards Republican Anthony D'Esposito. The man that pushed Mondaire Jones out of his seat lost. We hate to gloat about that, because it may cost Democrats the House, but you know, hey Democrats, look what your bullshit caused, but they're never going to learn their lesson. I mean, I, I tease Republicans for not being able to have introspection and self-awareness, but it's not like these Democrats are much better. 
Just saying. Yeah, that's, uh, I usually watch things on YouTube because I have the ability to rewind, pause, because a lot of times, like, you know, I might have to stop and edit some audio. I pause. If I'm, if I'm really into whatever I'm watching, I pause it. So YouTube has that ability for me where Twitch you know, like Twitch is when I'm on at night. I'm I'm usually just hanging out. I'm, I'm chilling in other people's channel. Packing a bowl or doing some some kind of bullshit. If I'm really like, you know, if it's something I really want to watch, I'm usually watching it on replay at some other time. All right, let's 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 go through all these all these updates here. Quick rundown of where several of the high-profile races stand. Moving first to Arizona, where fuckery is afoot. That's all I can say. I don't know. I don't know what what what's gonna happen in Arizona. Uh, shit could go down. Arizona election officials are assuring voters that every ballot will be counted following a printing malfunction in the state's most populous county. The snag slowed voting down in about one quarter of polling places across Maricopa County. CBS News national correspondent Chris Van Cleve has more on this from Scottsdale, Arizona. Whatever happened to Chris Van Cleve? Caitlin, hundreds of thousands of votes here in Arizona remain to be counted. The races have narrowed. We expected that. We knew the early vote would likely come in leaning Democrat. We knew the day of voting would likely favor Republicans. And so we're kind of back to where we started on election night, knowing there would be a close race. It is a close race. And ultimately, it will be decided by these remaining hundreds of thousands of votes. Here in Maricopa County, the most populous county in Arizona. It's the Phoenix metro area, largely about 60% of all votes in Arizona. I saw a right winger is complaining about County. Phoenix. We know there are roughly 400,000 ballots. Most, nearly all of them, are what you might think of as late early voting. Early voting, mail-in votes, um, and ballots that were brought to the uh, voting centers on election day. Things that came in to to the uh, office you here. know you on know Sunday, Dinesh D'Souza is already Tuesday, working on, an, on a movie for this uh, 275,000 or so people brought their mail-in ballot to a polling location to drop and it 10, off 10,000 maniacs All of those have because the night belongs to lovers that takes time stop letting me sing to have 90 to 95 percent of its vote counting done by Friday but with races very tight 76 and two-thirds percent chance either so far the campaigns have been quiet today Carrie Lake the Republican candidate for governor last night uh, she expressed concerns and criticized the uh, election issues that happened here in uh, Maricopa County where there were uh, technical issues with about 25 percent of the voting machines used at polling places uh, she also said she expects to win Katie Hobbs who is the Democratic challenger uh, for her Democratic challenger. She's actually the Secretary of State, so she's overseeing this election. Hobbs said she felt good about the early vote count and urged patience for every vote to be counted. Now, here, is, of course, there's also that Senate race here uh, that could ultimately decide the balance of power in the U.S. Senate. 
Mark Kelly is clinging to a small lead, but again, there are so many votes outstanding, it's hard to know exactly where that lands as well. They stopped at like 64, 68%, but I don't know what has been counted uh, today. The votes are falling in their favor, particularly with so many of the ballots being returned on Election Day. Republicans are banking on those going in their favor. But as we saw in 2020, it takes a few days to count the votes in Arizona because so many people vote remotely, vote by mail. A majority of the state, in fact, votes early, most of them by mail. Uh, so it'll be a couple of days. The counting continues. It's been going on in the a room. A couple of days. We'll expect an update later this evening. Caitlin. All right, we will look forward to that. Chris this report had been posted like an hour ago, two hours ago, something like that. So that's up-to-date information. Let's go to the Oregon governor's race. And it, on a nice edge, according to KEZI, Oregon governor's race on a nice edge, too early to call. This was updated about an hour ago. Oregon's gubernatorial election hung on a nice edge on Wednesday with the race too early to call in a state that has voted in Democratic governors since 1986. Democrat Tina Kotek was slightly ahead of Republican Christine uh, Dranzen. According to partial results from the Secretary of State's office, the presence of a third unaffiliated candidate in the race has buoyed GOP hopes that they could win in Oregon's governor's race for the first time in 40 years and break the Democrats' dominance of statewide races on the west coast of the United States. Because Oregon's vote-by-mail system now allows ballots to be counted if they were postmarked by 8 p.m. on Election Day, an untold number of ballots are in the hands of the Postal Service. November 15th is the last day for election officials to receive valid postmarked ballots by mail. In past general elections, votes needed to be received by Election Day. So we could be days away from... uh, Knowing a winner in the Oregon governor's race. Oregon Secretary of State Shimia Fagan said verifying election results takes time. Every signature on every ballot envelope is verified and the vote tallying process prioritizes accuracy and transparency, not speed. Over the next week, election officials will continue to count valid on-time ballots. Drazen's campaign said at a midday Wednesday uh, news conference that we continue to monitor returns with the expectation that this race will tighten. Kotex spokeswoman Katie Worthmeyer uh, said the campaign had no official statement and was also watching returns if elected. Kotex would be the first out lesbian elected governor in the United States, along with Mara Healy, who on Tuesday was elected governor of Massachusetts. We could have uh, two out lesbian governors. That's pretty cool. Unaffiliated candidate Betsy Johnson, a former Democratic lawmaker, conceded on Tuesday night, telling supporters her winning record is now broken. Her voice broke as she thanked them. The three women, all former legislators, were top candidates in the race to become the next governor of the state. The presence of Johnson, who quit the Democratic Party in 2021 to run as an unaffiliated candidate, presented a wild card in the race. 
Johnson quickly amassed a sizable campaign war chest, including hefty donations from Nike co-founder Phil Knight. But the early returns had her with less than 10% of the vote. Kotek was the longest-serving Oregon House Speaker, Drazen a former leader of the Republican minority in the House. Several opinion polls had showed the two statistically tied, which prompted President Joe Biden to come to Portland recently to boost Kotick's chances. Several voters said on Tuesday they were concerned about abortion rights, homelessness, and the economy. So, could be over a week before we know the results in uh, the Oregon's governor race. Here's another one that's still outstanding. We're going to go up to uh, Alaska, keeping in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. Peltola leads in Alaska's U.S. House race, and the U.S. Senate race has tightened. It doesn't tell me when this was last updated, but it was it was updated in the last couple of hours. Election night results show incumbent Republican Lisa Murkowski narrowly trailing right-wing challenger Kelly Shibata in Alaska's U.S. Senate race, while Democrat Mary uh, Peltola is far ahead of her Republican rivals in the U.S. House race. Hell yeah, the outcome of both Alaska congressional races won't be certain until second and third choice rankings are applied on November 23rd. Oh, what is that? Two, three weeks now? Uh, we'll, we'll know the results of the Alaska Senate race. Wow. The Senate race not affecting the control of Senate because it's going to be either of two Republicans. Which one is more batshit, possibly? Tola far ahead of her Republican rivals, which includes Sarah Palin. With 217,000 votes counted by Wednesday, Peltola had 47% of the vote in the election for Alaska's lone U.S. House seat. Sarah Palin was in second place with nearly 27% of the vote. Nick Begich III was third. Was third with about 24%. Technically, Palin could still win, but only if the vast majority of Begich voters took the rank the red message to heart and chose the former governor as their second choice. The special election in August, only about half of Begich voters marked Palin as uh, their second. Nearly 29% of Begich voters made Peltola their second choice. It'll be three weeks. It'll be three weeks. Till we get the rankings applied. So I did not register to vote at my new residence. I should have. I probably should have because there still wasn't really anything competitive here. But I at least would have had somebody to vote for. I... Curiouser asked me if I would like to make the trek to Alabama to vote. And I let her know that there was no Democrat running in the congressional race in my district in Alabama. 
that the Democrat running in the gubernatorial race was batshit fucking crazy. A pro-life Democrat killed a beast. Rating in with 19 trolls, not high enough for this. So I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to tell you guys, I did not vote in this election. But that is because there was nobody literally for me to vote for anywhere on the ticket in the district where I was registered at, which is about five, six hours away. I, I was going to get my license here anyway in the next couple of weeks, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't go ahead and do that. That would have registered me to vote. I should have voted here. Shame on me, Mox, yes. I was in Alabama, Core. <laughs> I was in Alabama. Squid, good evening. Core, good evening. Hildebeast. So glad to see you. Mox, I don't know if I've said hey to everybody. I just, like, everybody asked me if I voted in the primary. I was still in Alabama. I did not have anybody to vote for in the primary. I considered... uh, Mouselander, thank you for being a freaking follower. I considered... uh, Switching over, switching my registration to Republican. But I didn't see how I could do any damage. I weighed that option in the primary election when I was still in Alabama. So, like, tr- like trust me, like, like I, I tried to make strategic decisions. I, well, perfect f- freedom. Um, I don't know what Red 3 is, but, like, I'm not a processed foods kind of person. I'm I'm pretty big on cooking shit from from scratch, so I don't know if my shit has any red three in it, but I appreciate your concern. Thank you very much. Maybe there's some red three in my coffee. If you're new here, you're just joining us. My name is Justin Freak, and we do a news rundown here on the Troll Patrol, uh, Sunday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. I can sum up my political beliefs with one simple phrase. I would give anything. Anything in the world to piss and Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. So whatever whatever political beliefs gets me to my goal of pissing in that man's open eye hole, that's the that's the political beliefs I hold. I do electoral politics, criminal justice, and uh, workers' rights news. Fuck them all! Wasn't that a Metallica song? We're doing an election rundown. If anybody needs like the full, like uh, quick and dirty of what happened on the election last night, I've still got some of my graphics up. This was the best place to watch U.S. U.S. electoral politics. I had the best uh, election coverage, hands down, until the internet really fucked me. It the internet knows I live in sexual anarchy. Oh shit! Why'd that not work? You live in sexual anarchy? That's never happened before that it didn't work. That's what she said. Ah ha ha ha. Ah ha 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 ha. You live in sexual anarchy? I had to pull it. You need the quick and dirty. I'll give you the quick and dirty, but we're going to, we're, we're, we're spotlighting different races where, uh, 
Results are still outstanding. We just found out that the Oregon governor's race won't be decided for uh, at least five days. The Alaska congressional race and Senate race will not be decided for about three weeks. Tones, good evening. So glad to see you, my friend. We're now going to go to L.A. where they were having a race for mayor. Uh, a race for mayor. Uh, Rick Caruso, a former Republican who went independent a few years back and now was running as a Democrat, neck and neck with Karen Bass in the L.A. mayor's race. This was a local news hit from about an hour or two ago. New news at 11 a.m. Welcome, everyone. Okay, maybe it was 11 a.m. And streaming on CBS News Los Angeles, I'm Chris Holmstrom. They posted it on YouTube an hour or two ago. Hanging in the balance, we've got team coverage of the big local races, the issues that impact you also. No, Tones, no, you're doing exactly what you should do. Shame people, shame people for not being freaking followers. No, we don't shame anybody, we don't shame anybody. That, that, that would be like being on crack or something. I was on crack. Right, right. <laughs> well Caruso is a billionaire, if I understand it. Is that right, RB? He is a, a billionaire. National tug of war over the balance of power. CBS 2's Team Patel live in downtown L.A. watching the L.A. County Sheriff's race. But first, let's go to the L.A. Mayor's race. All right, here's what we got. Representative Karen Bass and developer Rick Caruso are separated by a razor-thin... Apparently, right Katy now. Perry voted for Caruso. Rick Caruso, 49% to Bass. And... It could be days before a winner is determined. CBS 2's Car Fincham live in Norwalk with what's ahead as this count continues. Good morning, Cara. What's up, Cara? Good morning. Uh, what we know at this point is that Caruso is in the lead by about 12,000 votes. Very close race. So we have been drilling down on what still needs to be tallied here. Not high enough for this the shit. Registrar recorder's office. We'll have more on that in a minute. But first, here's what we heard from those candidates last night. Both were upbeat. We will win because we will win because no, Jake voted for Los Angeles. Russo. So we feel very good about it, uh, you know, because the um, the early ballots, uh, the fact that we're ahead in the early ballots is a good sign. So very positive. At the Grove, businessman nice Russo spoke about his grandparents immigrating to Boyle Heights and wanting to provide everyone a shot at the American dream. Congresswoman Karen Bass spoke at the Hollywood Palladium saying LA is at a crossroads and the election is a fight for its soul. I'm just she like, just looking at the two of them, I'm taking care of Bass. In the polls, analysts say historic campaign spending and the, the scandal uh, regarding those audio tapes in the city council both became big factors as the race wound down. Now, both candidates, they did thank their supporters via Twitter overnight, but appear to be watching and waiting right now. Back now to that close margin. The LA Times reports Caruso's lead of 51.2% to Bass's about 48% comes with about 43% of the expected vote in. The Registrar Recorder's Office says they have made no own as to what percentage of the vote is in right now. I really need that as a drop. I need Scott Steiner math as a drop. People voting by mail. 
They may provide an update, they say, this afternoon with information about outstanding ballots that have been collected but not yet counted. Yeah, well subscribe to my YouTube. Possibly Always do it wrong. Subscribe to my YouTube. Results, but they add the next scheduled I'm banned right now for bullshit. Friday. Now, they also stress that some of those vote by mail ballots could keep coming in. They had to. Have they had. That's, a, that's, a, that's the thing that pisses me off. They had real shit that they could have fucking banned me from YouTube for because I had the Trump rallies up there. Like, total, like, election misinformation, probably some vaccine misinformation and shit. They totally could have banned me for shit that, like, I, I, I was kind of expecting to get a strike for. But no, they banned me for bullshit. So my apologies to people who cannot watch on YouTube this week and cannot see clips, freaking news, all that good shit. Let's go to Fox News, who is going to explain to us how John Fetterman was able to win. <laughs> I want you guys to I want you guys to strap in for this. Yeah, Caruso is a real estate parasite. So Hoping that Bass is able to pull it out as if it as if the LA mayor's race matters to me. But I, I would really like to see the more progressive candidates win. Not that I not that I know anything about Bass to be able to make that assessment about her. She might be as shit lib as the next person. I guarantee you she's better than billionaire real estate fucker. Guarantee you. And and Selecting a black woman just kind of seems like kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. I'm really into kicking authority in the balls. So I'm always down with that. Now buckle up. Fox News is going to tell you how Dr. Oz lost. Man who, who, who was talking about John Fetterman kicking authority in the balls. John Fetterman apparently won on a platform of kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. Fantastic. I'm down with it. You make me like the guy even more. Here is Fox News explaining to you why Fetterman won. With voters. When it comes to the state of Pennsylvania, why did Dr. Oz lose? Well, it looks like, according to uh, the exit polling, it's because Fetterman won. Fetterman got 57% of... Let me lay let me lay a deucey on you again. The reason Dr. Oz lost because Fetterman won. With voters. When it comes to the state of Pennsylvania, why did Dr. Oz lose? Well, it looks like, according to uh, the exit polling, it's because Fetterman won. Fetterman got 57%. Guys, I told you, I told you several times last night, like the things I was saying, the people on the panels we were watching would say after me. I'm like, I'm, I'm just as good as anybody on any of these panels. Just as insightful. Put me on the national TV, motherfuckers. I'm definitely better than Dr. Oz lost because John Fetterman won. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> 
Dr. Oz lose? Well, it looks like, according to uh, the exit polling, it's because Fetterman won. Fetterman got 57% of the independents. Fetterman got 67% of the Hispanics. He got 57% of women. And remember, it was just last week we were talking about the it's all the women. Wall Street Journal story that showed that there was a 27-point swing from suburban women from Republican or from Democrats to Republicans. He, Fetterman, won 57% of the women. And the in the state of Pennsylvania most important issue by far was abortion with 35% followed by inflation at 29 and crime now that's astute political commentary when we come back from the other side of the break we're going to hear from Lauren Boebert who is not conceding in her race we're going to talk about the opposite end of the spectrum where a long shot candidate Tried to take out Marjorie Taylor Greene and lost spectacularly. Spectacularly. I can't say that word very well. The Green Party is so unpopular in this country that a man who has been dead for weeks beat them in the election. We gotta hear from Donald Trump. Apparently he's furious about the results. And he's blaming Melania. He's blaming Melania. Fox News says the reason Oz lost is because Fetterman won. Donald Trump is blaming Melania. (laughs) And we're going to hear from Candace Owens, the Daily Wire commentator, who says that Mein Kampf was a textbook. I shit you not, I'm going to play those words for you. All that and more on the other side of the break here on the Troll Patrol. Live. We live in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freakin' News. Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute, weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more. Hi, I'm Justin Freakin. 
I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian, not liberal, leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon. Or I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went too far with their cultural Marxism, and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it, even though this video exists. And you know I'm right, so give me your money or I'm selling you out. Yeah, we try to we try to catch the Twitch ads and we play them. I play my little ads. I go take a I go take a tinkle. I refill my drink. We come back. Nobody misses any content. And usually I'll give you a new meme. Girl of the Gray. Good evening. So glad to see you tonight. Here's your here's your new meme. Florida will go blue eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they like it or not, the climate change joke. <laughs> I somebody hit the weed. Somebody hit the weed while I was uh, in commercial break, and I agree. I'm not high enough for this shit. This show is like Tosh.0, but news. It's just like funny internet videos, news. That's, that's the description of the show. It's Tosh.0, but with news. I cuss and get high a lot. Aw, thank you, Girl of the Gray. We're, we're we're still recovering from last night, this morning. I was still on at 9 o'clock this morning. We were watching C-SPAN. We had a lot of fun watching uh, Washington Journal. It's a shame that I don't get up early enough to watch Washington Journal with you guys. Or Prime Minister's Questions. That was on while I was on earlier today. I love fucking Prime Minister's Questions. I whistled. I whistled with my teeth. I'm sorry. I love fucking Prime Minister's questions. It is one. It is one of my favorite things politically. I ain't even. I ain't even British. Warlord, are you here? Would you like me to start getting up and covering PM's questions? 
It'd be like every Wednesday at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., something like that. I believe it's noon for you guys. But it's something like 7, 8 a.m. for me. I would, I, I, I might be able to make that happen because, like, Prime Minister's questions is so fun. And it's so interesting to see what's going to... I think the British government might collapse. I think several governments might collapse. We're talking like the government of Turkey might collapse. The government of Iran might collapse. We're talking about the government of Israel might collapse. Somebody pointed out in the Discord there's been all these economics channels making uh, videos about how China was on the verge of collapse. And here we are like, I just named off all the countries I think are closer to collapse than China. We got BB Netanyahu coming back in Israel. I think I think Boris Johnson takes back over before the end of the year in the UK. I might be wrong on that. Maybe Rishi Sunak can write the ship. It seems like a lost cause to me, though. So anyway, anyway, that's... Some of the shit that we're going to be talking about on future episodes of the Troll Patrol. Because we're going to continue talking about the reaction to the U.S. election yesterday, today, that's ongoing. We've got the updates on the different races that have yet to be decided. Florida will go blue eventually. Just pointing that. Oh, we're going to talk about fucking Candace Owens. Candace Owens. Ooh, ooh. You know what we're starting off with right now? We're going to hear from Lauren Bovert. <laughs> this one's a shocker, right? So... I don't think Lauren Boebert expected to be in this position. And I don't know if she's going to raise a stink about it. This should be uh, a lot of cope, I assume. I'm so deeply honored that the people of Colorado have chosen to share in my belief that Colorado's best Jared days Polis. are still ahead. I don't believe that we will lose the Colorado 3rd District. I look forward to being the Congresswoman once again in a second term and uh, and fighting for everything that we work so hard. Now at 11, election 2022 is not done just yet, with many races still close to call. Who won, who lost, and the races that haven't been... That's a website that forecasts elections. They did a ton of simulations on this specific district, about 100 of them. And in 91 of those, Kirkmeyer came out on top. But like I mentioned, Carabello has that slight lead. So we really have to wait until all of those ballots are counted to then see who actually is going to represent the newly formed District 8. We're in Thornton this morning. I'm Veronica Acosta, Denver 7. 
We will continue to follow those numbers all day long. Veronica, thank you. The other big congressional race that is too close to call, Colorado's third congressional district. In a bit of a surprise, incumbent Republican Lauren Boebert, as you see there on your screen, trailing her Democratic competitor Adam Frisch, currently by about 3,500 votes. The outspoken Boebert refused to concede last night, but we haven't heard anything from either side since. Right now it's 51-49% with 93% of districts reporting. 63 and two-thirds percent chance. Initiatives that could change several Oh, you're not going to play your Some fucking comments? Still without a decision are all about alcohol. I'm sorry. Jennifer Seven's Jessica Crawford. I thought we were getting Bobert's comments. Denver 7 let me down over here. That was a surprise long shot candidate that may pull off the Cinderella story. Over in Georgia, the opposite happened. I was I was following Marcus Flowers. The long shot Democratic candidate who raised more than fifteen point six million dollars to defeat Marjorie Taylor Greene and lost by thirty one points. Wow. Marjorie Taylor Greene's Democratic opponent, Marcus Flowers, raised fifteen point six million dollars for his campaign, lost by thirty one points in a race never seen as even remotely competitive for Democrats. It's the latest example of a long-shot Democrat raking in cash by taking on a high-profile GOP opponent. Democratic candidate Marcus Flowers raised more than $15.6 million, a sum of money sure to draw the envy of any congressional campaign. And on Tuesday, he lost the general election in Georgia's 14th district by more than 31 points. Flowers, a former defense contractor employee and U.S. Army veteran with a questionable past, Ran a campaign heavy on social media and email-based fundraising appeals. Much of his war chest was spent on fundraising and digital advertising, along with more uh, traditional media. And his appeals centered primarily on the Georgia congresswoman known for her far-right conspiratorial brand of politics and close relationship with former President Trump. One email on November 6th carried the subject line, Emergency Goal has been launched, insinuating to readers that Flowers' multi-million dollar campaign may actually be running short on money. My finance team is telling me we're well short of our November benchmarks. and They encouraged me to launch an emergency fundraising goal immediately read the email. That's pretty, that's pretty run-of-the-mill for fundraising emails. According to Open Secrets, Flowers was the sixth highest fundraiser among all congressional candidates this election cycle, exceeded only by party leaders, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, and House Minority Whip Steve Scalise, and well-known Democratic reps Adam Schiff, Katie Porter of California. Damn, this kind of sounds like a grift to me. Uh, I think I could, I don't know if I can get seasick. I've never tried to like sleep on a boat. I've been on boats and I'm, I'm totally cool. I've never, I've never tried to sleep on a boat. I don't know if I could or not. I've never, I've never done it. Never participated. You know, who's never going to get the chance to sleep on a boat? Uh, Tony DeLuca. Tony DeLuca, this guy right here, 
And they were going to get the chance to uh, sleep on a, You know, I have slept on a waterbed. I'm fine on a waterbed. I didn't get seasick. I can probably handle a boat. Tony DeLuca is never going to get the chance to be on a boat again because he dead. He real dead. This is this is how popular the Green Party is in the United States. The Green Party had a resounding loss to a man who has been dead for weeks. A state lawmaker in Pennsylvania won re-election by a landslide even though he died last month. Late rep Tony DeLuca crushed Green Party challenger Zara Livingston in Tuesday's midterm elections. A Democratic state lawmaker in Pennsylvania won re-election by a landslide, even though he died last month. Representative Tony DeLuca, who died at the age of 85 on October 9th from lymphoma, crushed Green Party challenger. This isn't funny. This is kind of mean of me. Crushed Green Party challenger Zara Livingston in Tuesday's midterms election. Midterm elections. DeLuca took in more than 85% of the vote in Pennsylvania's 32nd legislative district. By the time DeLuca died, it had been too late for officials to change the election ballots, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Since DeLuca is dead, there will be a special election in the future to fill the seat. The Pennsylvania House Democratic Campaign Committee commented on the victory for the late lawmaker, tweeting, While we're incredibly saddened by the loss of Representative Tony DeLuca, we are proud to see the voters to, uh, to continue to show their confidence in him and his commitment to Democratic values by re-electing him posthumously. DeLuca was the longest-serving lawmaker in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives and served the 32nd Legislative District for 39 years. I'm, I shouldn't I shouldn't make fun of that story. I'm sure his family is saddened by his loss. Elon Musk's Twitter was slow to act on misleading U.S. election content, according to experts. Election experts reported the spread of new falsehoods across Twitter. Do we have a local news hit on this? That would be cool. Oh, no. That's the, that's the stock market on Twitter. And other social media services on Tuesday as Americans voted in midterm elections. Four days after Twitter fired half its staff, and new owner Elon Musk tweeted a recommendation to vote for Republican candidates. Oh, is that all the story was? Oh, I've reached my article limit. I'm sorry. Fuck you, Reuters. Even though I thank you for this handy map. This was your map I was using all night during my bang-up election coverage. Midterm 2022. I said coverage, really Appalachian. Thank you to uh, NBC News for the graphic you see on the bottom there. With the latest results and the, the control of the House and the Senate. Key governor's races. Core, uh, the internet fucked me over at around uh, 12, 12.30 or so. And um, 
I had to take a break for a few hours, so we came back on about three, and then I did make it to nine. We 69 the election, but it was a hell of a lot easier when I had to take about a three-hour break, and I think I did take about an hour nap, and I, I ate pizza, and I took about an hour nap. We missed, we missed some important calls, but we got caught up. We, we watched uh, pretty much all the candidates that you would want to watch. Because like they were replaying all the candidates on the on the news stations when we were in the dead time, and then we did, we did C-SPAN Washington Journal at seven a.m. and them taking calls is just hilarious. There was so it was like I was slap happy. I was like all the callers were like reminding me of songs, and I was singing songs in response to the callers, telling everyone good morning. <laughs> yeah, that was good content. It was such good content. I'm like, man, do I need to move the troll patrol to the fucking morning? So we could do like C-SPAN calls and shit. I did a hell of a lot of singing this morning. Yeah, C-SPAN calls were my favorite thing. Still not high enough for this shit. Man, Josh Shapiro, uh, so we watched his acceptance speech, and that motherfucker has been, like, going to the school of Obama. He patterned, like, lifting whole phrases almost, or just tweaking them a little bit. Sounded real hopey changey. And did it in, like, the cadence of Obama. He's like, white Obama over here. He's gonna be a force to be reckoned with in politics. That was something that was something we found out last night during our coverage. JD Pritzker also impressed me. Like I'd never really heard that motherfucker talk. And we listened to his acceptance speech. Ron DeSantis said woke like twenty times at least. So weird. I think I just shoved a uh, Katie Porter was uh, she was announced the winner, right? Like I, that one was never in question. I don't think. I think news media made it out to be something it wasn't. I know. I know people wanted to say like it was in question, but I'm pretty sure she was declared the winner earlier. Mister Brain Dead, Mister Brain Dead, thank you for the sub. Thank you for being a freaking follower. I don't, I don't ever think I've, I've, I've said hello to you. So glad to have you here. So glad to do the news with you guys. I and that's, I am so sad that the internet fucked us over last night because I was having a blast. I thought I had the perfect setup to watch the, the, the election results. Going back and forth between PBS and uh, Washington Post really had us like covered on all the different candidates speaking as they were doing it and like all the different calls. Fucking how many times did I call a race and then like the, the like fucking PBS is like five minutes later we call this race for like I fucking 
Justin freaking was was ahead of them on the call. Merkin, good evening, my friend. So glad to see you. I know Merkin be lurking. If anybody's new here, I can sum up my political beliefs in uh, one sim simple phrase. Where is it? God damn it, I lost it. I'd give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. I didn't really think that, like, there's there's not an influx of people right now. I just really wanted to do that. Man, everything's so, like... Everything, everything has gone wrong for me. Facebook? Facebook just, like, it says the last infraction I had on Facebook was August 15th. So I don't know why... Uh, I'm, I'm banned from going live, but Facebook isn't let me go live. This is my last year's views on YouTube. That's, that's, that's the Matt Walsh incident back at the beginning of the year. That's the bump I got from Matt Walsh, Vosh, and the surfs. That's, that's been the past couple of months. And then YouTube's like, oh, hey, let's ban you for a week. Dustin, Dustin, thank you for the, is that a resub? Mr. Braindead throwing out the, 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 the gift subs. Hell yeah. Okay. So Mr. Braindead, uh, I, I, I consider myself a leftist. Uh, apparently leftists are okay with me, but I am more of an institutionalist. Um, you know, like. I cover electoral politics. Uh, we'll watch a lot of uh, congressional hearings. We'll we'll do a lot of you know political speeches. But I'm gonna make I'm gonna make fun of it. Ah, a, fe a fellow Southerner. Hell yeah! Fucking girl of the gray, giving out the gift sub. Thank you guys so much. I, the chat will tell you that they believe that they are to the left of me and I'm possibly, I'll agree on the, on the political compass test. I'm all the way down in the bottom left-hand corner. I'm all the way down in the bottom left-hand corner of a, a, a leftist libertarian, I guess you could say. I believe the the only thing the government is there to do is things that, you know, benefits the people and helps protect liberty, right? So, I think uh, I think the oil industry or energy, all our energy should be nationalized. There shouldn't be this this quasi public private fucking partnership like AEP. If you if you're from if you're from uh, Appalachia, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. You said the south that could that could encompass uh, other areas. Maverick Twitch Good evening, my friend. Uh, who's going to win? From from South Crackalacky. I have spent some time in South Carolina. The go to me, the government is there to stick up for us in cases like um, 3M dumping a shit ton of chemicals in the Tennessee River. 
You need a federal government that's large enough to go over and smack the fuck out of 3M. Or or a government that doesn't let 3M do that to begin with. That's what I'm for. I'm for nationalizing our energy. Uh, I'm for nationalizing healthcare because the way insurance works is it's cheapest when everybody's in the pool. And then the single payer can negotiate for lower rates. But I believe there's there's other industries that you can totally do, you know, competition, but I'm into trust busting. You know, Walmart shouldn't exist. The way Walmart is and the way Walmart depends on on our dollars, we should probably nationalize the fucking Walmart super centers and then use them as distribution centers so people can get like goods at really low prices. Truly low prices. And then other companies can compete with this government alternative or some shit. I'm I'm a quasi commie in some ways. I'm a socialist in some ways. I would love to see uh, I would love to see our manufacturing industry be worker co-ops. But then, like, you have small entrepreneurs like myself and my grandfather who just, you know, he worked for himself as a contractor going out and repairing refrigerators. That's the kind of rugged capitalism I like. But you can't have that kind of rugged capitalism when you've got these gigantic corporations that have their 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 boots on your neck. Um, I'm not going to say what Merkin said, but, like... Billionaires shouldn't exist. That's something I, I definitely believe. I might agree with what Merkin's saying, uh, but that might not be a, a tacit endorsement. Was is that what you would say? But anyway, we do we do the news here, and I play like funny graphics. Like we'll do stories of mass shootings, and it'll be like, ha ha ha, just another day in mass shooting USA. Ha ha ha. I want people's basic needs to be met. And then that to me, if you if you meet people's basic needs, you give them health care, you give them access to education, everybody can go and get a fucking doctorate if they want to. There's no fucking barriers. If you, if you live in that kind of a world, then that will spur innovation. That will spur innovation. Yeah, I believe, I believe every single person, I hate the way that means tested, uh, programs. I think every person in the United States should get a food stamp card and get $500 a month. Cause like right now is like a pitiful amount, like 220. I don't know if it depends on state or whatever. Everybody should get five, make it six, seven hundred dollars a month, and it should it should also apply to um, what 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 do they call uh, you know paper towels and and toilet paper, uh, cleaning supplies, do, domestic items. It should apply to domestic items as well, baby wipes and food. Everybody gets it. There, there's no stigma. There's no people looking their nose down when people use their fucking food stamp card at the grocery store. That's bullshit. 
This seems like fucking obvious shit to me. But still, like I'm 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 not I'm not to the point of where, you know, we need to put on the, the boots and the and the vest. Don't doesn't mean that I don't have them ready to go. We need to take over the Democratic Party. That's my my basic advice and anytime that I talk to like the Jimmy Dore kind of leftist fans, my advice is like get with your friends, move to a little small town and run for city council, run for whatever offices there are, get your lawyer friend, get them to go be a judge in this town. Take over these towns where these these shit-ass rednecks are taking over and build, build a new movement from the ground up. It takes time. You can't just launch one campaign and in one presidential cycle make a difference. We're, we're nothing uh, uh, on the national level because there's so... We as individuals have so little power on the national level. But we have so much power on the on the county city level and that's where you build movements so it really bothers me when I, I get the like the Jimmy Doreites and stuff there we go I, I I summarized my political beliefs and also anything that lets me piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole so if if like turning fascist would allow me to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole, I'd probably do that. <laughs> so so it's it's kind of like the Lincoln when he was when he was asked, you know, like if I could uh, preserve slavery and preserve the Union, I think I'm fucking up the quote too. Then I would do that. But if I could abolish slavery and preserve the union, I'd do that. So whatever, whatever political persuasion gets me to whatever point that I can piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole, I'm gonna do that. Poli- that 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 politics. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Oh, content warning, by the way, because this show is really fucked up. Speaking of fucked up, do you guys want to go to Trumpy Boy? I think we got video of him. I think we got video of his reaction. He called in. No, he's giving an interview to News Nation. Had to. Oh, shit. I am not high enough. I'm not high enough at all for this shit. Lurking for the sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? I really need to make uh, Scott Steiner math. I really want him to... uh, Your chances winning drastic go down. I really need that one. And I really need 66 and two-thirds percent chance. Uh, proper sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy. Requires consent. Aftercare. You need to. You need to know the rules. 
to engage in proper sexual anarchy. Man who doesn't engage in proper sexual anarchy is Donald Trump. He's been accused of rape by like 30 fucking people. But here's his thoughts on the walloping that his candidates took in the election last night. You've endorsed more than 330 candidates this election cycle. Uh, Tonight, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all, okay? But it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, When they win. That's where we're at as a country. That man was president. That's almost as good as the clip of uh, Ducey being like, Dr. Oz lost because Fetterman won. He's kicking authority in the balls. We are beyond parody now. You've endorsed more than 330 candidates this election cycle. Uh, Tonight, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all, okay? But it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, When they win, I think they're going to do very well. It was just the opposite. They're going to lose and you're gonna get all the blame. Probably be given very little credit, even though in many cases I told people to run, and they ran, and they turned out to be very good candidates. You know, they've turned out to be very good candidates, uh, but usually what would happen is uh, when they do- Or B, like, I know sometimes I'm on late, but like, I'm never on like at 11 p.m. your time. What, what, what is up with you? War machine. Good evening. I know I, I might launch my candidacy for, for president, but I I never pretended to be a billionaire. Yeah, that's what it mocks. That money, money. But money alone won't do it. You can ask Michael Bloomberg about that. Money alone won't do it. Mick Mulvaney says that Trump is not doing it like... I'm sorry for thinking that we might have uh, audio from Trump today. He's probably in a hole somewhere. But uh, Trump's one-time White House chief of staff says the foreign president is not doing very well according uh, about the midterms and that Ron DeSantis could beat him in 2024. Former Trump White House chief of staff uh, Mick Mulvaney said early on Wednesday that his ex-boss Donald Trump it's having a bad election night and that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has come out on top. Between being uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis tonight, you want to be Ron DeSantis, Mulvaney told uh, CBS. DeSantis wins tonight and Trump is not doing very well. Once again, no shit, Sherlock. I thought we were going to get more out of that. That was pretty obvious. Trump actually blamed Melania, apparently. This is what reports suggest. That Trump is furious and livid and blames Melania for telling him to back Dr. Oz. A furious Donald Trump spent the morning after the midterm elections lashing out at those he believes gave him bad advice as several of the candidates he endorsed in pivotal races 
came up short. Mr. Trump is reportedly blaming his wife, Melania Trump, for advising him to back Mohamed Oz in the Pennsylvania race. He's kicking authority in the balls. Trump is indeed furious this morning, particularly about Mohamed Oz and is blaming everyone who advised him to back Oz, including his wife, describing it as not her best decision, according to people close to him. Maggie Haberman uh, added that there are people urging Mr. Trump to reschedule his expected 2024 presidential campaign announcement that's currently expected to occur next week. Several Republicans have already texted to ask if he will do so, Ms. Haberman noted, but it's risky and would be acknowledging he's wounded by yesterday, something that some of his advisors insist is not the case. She added that it's worth remembering that Trump is a grown man who endorsed Oz over the objection of some of the people closest to him, and instead went beyond just endorsing and attacked Dr. Oz's GOP uh, primary opponent, David McCormick, from the stage at a rally. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yeah. I do. Joey, exactly. Who said he was a grown man and good evening? Good evening. So glad to see you. You remember Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, dude that testified in the first Trump impeachment? He had a defamation suit against Trump's kids. Judge tosses impeachment witnesses' suit against Trump's son. A judge has ruled that the oldest son of Donald Trump and other Trump allies did not defame a retired Army lieutenant colonel who was a key witness in the first impeachment case against the former president. U.S. District Judge James Bosberg on Tuesday dismissed a lawsuit by Alexander Vindman that accused Donald Trump Jr. and others of an intimidation and defamation campaign. Bosberg acknowledged the defendants leveled harsh, mean-spirited, and at times misleading attacks against Vindman. But he said political hackery alone does not violate the law and allow for a successful lawsuit. I don't know. It would be different if Vindman is a lieutenant colonel in the military considered a public figure. Yes, he would be. And then the the level for defamation kind of goes a lot higher. I don't... I don't know. I would assume that's the case, that they, they considered him a, a, a public figure. Trump uh, really wants to jail journalists, apparently. This is, this is one thing I wanted to point out here before we get to uh, Candace Owens and her crazy fucking talk. Trump keeps musing about uh, journalists being raped in prison, and he's not joking. Donald Trump ended his pre-midterm rally blitz in disgusting fashion, calling House Speaker Nancy Pelosi an animal championing the death penalty and giddily imagining the prison rape of a journalist who reported on the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. 
I think we've watched this clip before. Leaking from the Supreme Court. First time leaking. it's ever happened is... He said leaking. I would like to remind everybody, I would love to take a leak right in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. Just unbelievable. But you get the information very easily. You tell the reporter, who is it? And the reporter will either tell you or not. And if the reporter doesn't want to tell you, it's bye-bye. The reporter goes to jail. And when the reporter learns that he's going to be married in two days to a certain prisoner that's extremely strong, tough, and mean, he will say, you know, he or she... And it's very fascist. Give you the information. Very good. Very fascist. out of here. Every freedom-loving American needs to understand the time to stand up to this growing left-wing tyranny is right now. The leaking? He said leaking. I just like to remind everybody I like to leak right. Dick Richards have an eye hole. Give me that eye pussy. Is that considered violence? I don't think, I don't think, uh... I don't think the Dan Crenshaw thing is even in my YouTube trailer. Is that considered a threat of violence? Me pissing in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Well, I see that's the thing is like if they're trying to defame Lieutenant Colonel Vidman isn't their actual malice because they're trying to discredit him in order to persuade a legal proceeding. That's what I'm saying. Like I would think I would think it's defamation. The judge just called it normal political hackery. I, exactly. Satire and comedy. That's my claim on any of this shit. You want to take me to court? I do a show with a troll head. Come the fuck on. Tones, good evening, my friend. You came just in time to hear one of the stupidest things you're ever going to hear. And this comes on a night when we heard Trump say... Uh, if they win, I get all the credit, and if they lose, I get none of the blame. We heard uh, Steve Ducey say that Dr. Oz lost because John Fetterman won. Are you sure you saw my last piss? Because I've taken several pisses tonight. This one, this one may take the cake. Are you ready? Are you ready for Candace Owens, who is a Daily Wire commentator? And this is this is one of the, one of their big stars, I would assume. Ready for this one? I was right. Last night, hashtag Hebrews to Negroes was trending on Twitter. It was a top trend on election. 
Do I need a content warning for this one? Tonight, no less. And everybody under the trend was saying, I'm watching it right now. I'm watching it. Why would they try to take this from us? Why would they try to keep this information from us? And that is what happens when you over censor information. It was never necessary to attack Kyrie Irving, even if you felt that the information in this documentary was bad. And there are plenty of people that have spoken up and said that the extreme efforts that the ADL went through uh, in coalition with the NBA to punish him and their efforts to then demand oh, that Amazon take this documentary down, of course, was going to pique people's interest. Not only is the documentary the, uh, the top documentary on Amazon, but it's also the book, which I didn't even know that had a book, is now a bestseller on Amazon's list. So if you go to Amazon bestsellers, you will see Hebrew to Negroes is one of the best-selling books. Okay. And what I like about this story is because you know how I feel about free speech. I think that people have a right to be wrong. People have a right to take in information. People have a right to read whatever they want. Little reminder, if you actually go on Amazon right now, you can order and read Mein Kampf. It is not an endorsement of Adolf Hitler to read a historical textbook. It just is not, right? And the idea that we should be censoring all of this information and no one should see it because it hurts some group of people, to me, does not gel well with our... Did you catch that? A historical textbook. You know how I feel about free speech. I think that people have a right to be wrong. People have a right to take in information. People have a right to read whatever they want. Little reminder, if you actually go on Amazon right now, you can order and read Mein Kampf. It is not an endorsement of Adolf Hitler to read a historical textbook. It just is not, right? And the idea that we should be censoring all of this information and no one should see it because it hurts some group of people, to me, does not gel well with our First Amendment rights. Amazon, still not in trouble. Don't know how Kyrie Irving's entire life is on the line, but nobody is talking about Amazon, uh, but they are making a ton of money. So Kyrie Irving is losing money and Amazon is making tons of money. Think about that for a second. And then she smiles. A historical textbook. Mein Kampf. A historical textbook is what she said. You would, yeah, you would think Ben Shapiro, who's always uh, quick to claim anti-Semitism. Be allowing uh, this to go on on his uh, platform. All right, we talked about Candace Owens. Let's talk about a real woman now. Some real women. I don't know the story behind this, and I want to know the story behind it because you know we do we do some fluff pieces at the end of the show. Let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know why Alanis Morissette wasn't the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Need to go back and watch some uh, some footage, but we've been uh, kind of busy with election coverage, Trump rally, all that good shit. You know, I ought to know. I ought to know, right? Thankfully, I'm at a point in my life where there is no need for me to spend time in an environment that reduces women. Apparently there's some misogyny going on, m -m -m misogyny going on at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in her statement. 
Morissette says she's a, she adores Simon and Rodrigo, fellow inductees Dolly Parton and Pat Benatar, and all the amazing people and artists who were there. In explaining her own absence from the ceremony, Morissette seemed to place the blame on the show's production staff. I hate that as someone who, you know, has been a member of production staff. I've spent decades in an industry that is rife with an overreaching anti-woman sentiment. And have tolerated a lot of condescension and disrespectfulness, reduction, dismissiveness, contract breaching, unsupportiveness, exploitation, and psychological violence and more throughout my career. I tolerated it because nothing would stop me from connecting with those whom I cared about and resonated with. I lived to serve and connect with people, and so over the years, I sucked it up on more occasions than I can count in order to do so. It's hard not to be affected in any industry around the world, but Hollywood has been notorious for its disrespect of the feminine in all of us. Thankfully, I'm at a point in my life where there is no need for me to spend time in an environment that reduces women, Morissette continued. I've had countless incredible experiences with production teams with all genders throughout my life. So many and so fun. There is nothing better than a team of diverse people coming up together with one mission. I'll continue to show up in those environments with bells on. So. I thought there, I thought there was more about, um, she was at the rehearsal on Friday. Apparently I thought I read that in this article. She showed up at the rehearsal on Friday and then left. So somebody uh, disrespected Alanis Morissette. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't do that to her. How you gonna do that? Jagged Little Pill is a masterpiece. Is, is that album in the Smithsonian? Because it should be. If it's not, it should be. If it's not, one day it will. You guys want to see the world's smallest pony? Pumuckle? Pumuckle? Den gekriegt habe, war der, glaube ich, so 46, 47 cm. A, a, a small Shetland pony. I don't know what a Shetland pony is. Pumuckle weighs only 77 pounds. Kleinwüchsig. Das heißt also, wie bei Menschen man das auch sehe, dass normale Menschen kleinwüchsige Kinder kriegen können. Und so muss man you sich das You would probably break that horse. Okay, she's trying to put Pumuckle in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records, but she has to wait four years to find out. I'm sorry, do you want me to go back and translate? I can. I can read I can read the... I'm, so, I'm sorry, I haven't. Could this be the world's smallest pony? Pumuckle has a height of 50 centimeters. Believe it or not, only weighs 35 kilos, which is about 77 pounds. I owned Pumuckle for about two years, and when I first got him, 
He measured, I think, 46 or 47 centimeters. A small Shetland pony should weigh around 264 pounds. A pomuckle only weighs 77 pounds. He is of small stature, which means that just like uh, humans, ordinary people can give birth to children of small stature. That's what you need to imagine with this horse. The vagaries of... I don't even... I didn't see what, what else she said. The, the vagaries of... Nature. The vagaries of nature. Parola hopes may, that Pomegle will make it into the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's smallest pony. But you will have to wait until he is four years old to find out. He does have some airs and graces. He's allowed to have breakfast inside the house, which the other ponies are not allowed to do. But Pomuckle was allowed to do that, and so we have breakfast together before we go uh, out. Pony is simply a darling. You constantly want to cuddle and caress him and love him. He's a cuddly pony and an incredible friend. Gorgeous mane on that pony. Hold on, we're gonna watch it again. What the fuck did Tone say? This is this is the first time we have uh, done a show that was under two hours in a very long time. Because it's been it's been it's been election season. Justin is very tired. I get a little more high as we watch the ponies. Yo. Good evening. Other than other than our our break we had to take in the middle of the night. Last night went well. The internet forced me to have to take a break. I don't know if I would have made it till 9 a.m. if I had to, if I hadn't taken that break though. To be honest with you, I do not blame her for cuddling that pony. That is a cuddly pony. We're gonna be back doing the news tomorrow, of course. Go, let me go see. Oh shit, Mark Monkey. Good evening, Mark. Welcome. Thank you for being a freaking follower. You want? Oh, do you want the quick and dirty on the election real fast? We can totally do that. Totally do that. So, uh, unfortunately, Mandela Barnes lost in Wisconsin. We were hoping that that could trigger a recount. In Georgia, Herschel Walker and uh, Raphael Warnock are going to a runoff on December 6th. John Fetterman wins in Pennsylvania. Kathy Hochul wins the governorship in New York. However, several districts in New York flip from Democrat control to Republican control. Ironically, it will be New York State that will hand control of the House to Republicans if they do take control of the House. You can see the bottom graphic there from NBC News. The projection for the House right now is that Republicans take control 
by four seats. Mark Monkey with the sub. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, my friend. Tones with the with the gift sub. I love you guys so much. This is the the map you're looking at, uh, Perfect Freedom, is Senate races. You can see the key governor's races down in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. In Florida, uh, it was no contest. Uh, some people had predicted that Charlie Crist, Val Demings might be able to make runs at uh, Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio. That did not materialize. DeSantis easily cruises to re-election as governor of Florida. Marco Rubio cruises to re-election as senator of Florida. North Carolina, there was some, some thought that Beasley, the Supreme Court Justice in North Carolina, might be able to take out Ted Budd, the Trump-backed uh, uh, candidate for an open Senate seat in Ohio or in uh, uh, North Carolina. That did not materialize. Ted Budd will be going to the Senate. Maryland, one of the states that uh, Democrats took control of, also elected their first openly lesbian governor. That's pretty cool. I think they legalized weed. I think, don't hold me to that, several states legalized weed. It filled in a couple of states, but it was like North Dakota and Arkansas where weed legalization fell. Abortion rights... Uh, passed in all of the states that it was on uh, the ballot. Gretchen Whitmer won re-election in Michigan easily, defeating Tudor Dixon. Mike DeWine easily defeated his challenger in Ohio. J.D. Vance, unfortunately, going to the Senate, defeating Tim Ryan in a close race. In Iowa, there had been some discussion that, that Democratic challenger Mike Franken might be able to take out Chuck Grassley. That did not materialize. Currently, uh, Catherine Cortez Masto is down in Nevada. Adam Laxalt up slightly in Nevada. That one's still up in the air. Arizona's still up in the air. Mark Kelly up in Arizona over Republican challenging challenger Blake Masters Arkansas elected Sarah Huckabee Sanders the first woman governor of Arkansas Alabama is sending the first woman senator from the Republican Party to have school-aged children. Alabama sending the first Republican woman senator to have school-aged children. Is Katie Britt in Alabama. Governor Meemaw wins re-election. Charles Booker unable to mount a Cinderella story in Kentucky and take out Rand Paul in the Kentucky Senate. Same thing in Louisiana. Fire, fire ads from Gary Chambers in Louisiana, but unable to take out one of our favorite senators to pick on, Louisiana Senator uh, 
John Kennedy. In Colorado, Joe O'Day thought he had a chance. Republicans thought O'Day had a chance if there was a red wave. That did not materialize. Michael Bennett going back to the Senate. We watched the debate between O'Day and Bennett here on the show. Uh, Michael Bennett was impressive. One of the things that we learned uh, last night was new uh, governor-elect of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, went to the Obama school. I, I thought it bordered on plagiarism. The way he sounded when we listened to his acceptance speech. That's, that's the quick and dirty of what happened. The house is still up in the air. There is a world where the Democrats can win. But, uh... It's not likely. Projection is that the GOP will take control of the House by about four seats. But that's give or take seven seats. That's the that's the quick and dirty of the election. Back to a pony that is totally not dirty. That pony is well taken care of. Because, because Corolla over here totally cuddles that pony. And I don't blame her. What is very interesting about the Republicans barely taking control of the House is I don't think Kevin McCarthy is going to hang on to the speakership. I don't think Kevin McCarthy is going to be the Speaker of the House. I think the nut jobs are going to take over. And it could very well doom them. That could be something that is good for Democrats going forward. They can keep putting judges on the court. Not like they've been able to pass a budget anyway thus far. It's just been continuing resolutions of like the 2019 budget. So... I don't... I don't... It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird couple of years. It could end up helping Democrats in in 2024. What's what the thing to keep your eye on now is does the DOJ make a move on Donald Trump? Do they do it in like the next week before he announces? He announced his announcement on the Trump rally that we watched on Saturday. Before he announce, announces his run for president on Tuesday. As I said, the DOJ likes to do things on like a Friday afternoon. Bisky, good evening. So glad to see you. You came for the pony. This is, this is exactly the content that you love. Cuddly pony. Uh, the word going around is that DeSantis isn't going to run if Trump runs. Trump is almost certainly going to run. But Trump is only going to be announcing because he thinks it's going to alleviate all of his 
legal worries. Oh, I'm sure Elon Musk is very stressed right now. <laughs> that that does not surprise me at all. So if you're watching on Twitch, we're gonna go hang out with producer Dave. It is the intellectual Dollar Tree. His Twitter bio says his location is hell. I'm j I hope he does. I hope he is going through hell right now. Migraine the gathering. If you're watching on Twitch, we're heading over to Echoplex Media. It is the intellectual Dollar Tree. Producer Dave and HK are going to take real good care of you. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a light one up, motherfucker. It's alright to have a little fun before we hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live.